This episode of Runner's Block is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey dude, you know how we're always talking about blocks that keep us from putting on our running shoes and getting out there on the streets and trails? And I also talked about blocks to watching movies with subtitles on Perfect Movie. Remember that? (laughs) Right. We love talking about blocks that might keep us from doing things that are good for us. So I was thinking, there are blocks to meeting with a counselor or therapist to take care of yourself emotionally and mentally too. And maybe like just the stigma of that or having to find the right therapist or travel to an office far away from your home. Or sitting in a waiting room. I used to have to do that and it was just one more block to getting the help I needed. Well, we have a new help for our listeners to get over those blocks to health. Our awesome new sponsor, BetterHelp, exists to help you find your own online therapist that fits your life and needs. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a licensed therapist so you can take care of your greatest asset, you. BetterHelp saves you money. It's more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist right away, usually under 48 hours. There are all sorts of blocks to taking care of your mental health. But with BetterHelp, you can find the therapist that's the best fit for you, meet with them in the comfort of your own home, and there's even financial aid available. Millions of people are seeing what online therapy is all about and how it can help their daily lives. We want to encourage you to take this next step in your health. Best of all, Runner's Block listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp if you sign up at betterhelp.com slash runnersblock. One word and no apostrophe. Thanks again, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. That's betterhelp.com slash runnersblock. If we can do it, you can do it. I think another way to look at it, too, is like if you can accept the pain, you will then be able to endure it. Uh-huh. Mm. Because... Uh-huh. Because nothing great comes easy, right? Mm-hmm. at least not in my life. Maybe in yours it has or nope. in others that are listening. But for me, the greatest moments in my life came immediately after something that was very difficult. Right. And so the pain is worth it. You're listening to Runner's Block, a two gomers podcast about regular people chasing big goals by confronting one excuse at a time. This is Block 22. To face the Iron Man. I had to face my addiction. For the week of September 26th, 2021. This episode of Runner's Block. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, dude. Hey, man. Fall. Fall. It's coming. It's it's feeling fallish here in Atlanta. How's it feeling out there? Very fallish. I mean, it is officially fall, which it always feels so late. Yep. Like you're in September, you're like, come on, summer. Sucks. Yeah, let's go. Oh, fall. Yeah. <laughs> So now we are fully engaged in both of our favorite season, the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're loving it. Yep. I, this morning I ran and it was 45 degrees. Oh, man. Yeah, it's in the 50s here this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glorious. love Glorious. Yep. I can't wait for the 40s. I'm still wearing my short shorts. And in fact, I wear a short t-shirt. Short t-shirt. 
what the, that's, I wore a t-shirt. I wore short sleeves. Yep. Uh-huh. Because I because I know this is something we've never talked about. I know mm-hmm. if it's 42 or over, I can mm-hmm. wear shorts and a t-shirt that I, I warm up quick enough that that's sure. comfortable for me. If I wear a long sleeve or a jacket or something and it's over that, I end up over feeling too hot. So sure. I love, but I forgot, you forget, you have to remember, what was that temperature again? You have to relearn these things. I love it. Fall, baby. 42, huh? That's so, okay. What I often do is go out and back from my house Uh for like a quarter mile with that jacket on or a a hoodie on or like a long Mm -hmm. sleeve tee on, you know what I mean? And then shed it. It's a pretty good idea. You know what I mean? mean? It's that, we're still learning. Tip. We're still learning how our neighborhood works. Oh yeah. So yep. We're still learning what the route is. Yeah. Like yeah. When we're gonna do three, if we do five, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. there is a potential route that you're talking about, which is we would pass the house again a mile in. Yeah. And be able to shed that layer. Sometimes that's necessary too, dude. Now, here's the other thing. Big news in our family. The first time we've ever owned a house with a functional fireplace. So in your opinion, how long do we wait until our Mm. inaugural fire in the fireplace? Right. Oh, man, dude. You need to be collecting firewood now. That's actually... I'm glad that you mentioned that. We have a ton of firewood because we... We felled a ton of trees in our yard. Right. Okay. Oh, you lucky. So we kept that wood, and we've got stacks and stacks of it just begging to be burned. Okay. And so before I was like, we can't in the summer. If it's calendar summer, we can't have a fire in the fireplace, even though Mm -hmm. that's one of these, when do you put your Christmas tree rules up? Who even cares? Right. But I don't want to be like, I think my issue is if we start a fire and it gets too hot, I'll be like disappointed. I want it mm-hmm. to be that cozy feel. Right. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was around this time last year where we had that blackout here in Atlanta. Or right, like here yeah. in our area for like mm-hmm. four days. Yeah. Remember that? We were making fires and stuff. It was crispy right. and nice. Uh, maybe that was more like October. I can look at my in my five-year journal. Maybe, maybe, it is the, maybe it is the transition from September to October that's going to make me feel better. Yeah, we're recording this in September, so we haven't mm-hmm. started a fire yet. But I think maybe it's all bets are off when it comes to October. Yeah, dude, especially out where you're at. Right. I can't wait. I'm glad that you reminded me because we have not cut down any trees, so we need to order some firewood. Stat last year we right. got firewood, yeah. mm-hmm. dude. It was it's it was sucky. Oh, it the was, wood yeah. itself was bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. Found a dude on oh, like no. Craigslist. We've mm-hmm. we've gotten it every year. We get a big. What is it? A cord, like a half a cord? Co- a yeah, cord sure, a half cord. Which I don't yeah. even know what that means. I think it's just a measurement term yeah, for sure, wood. Like, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how much a cord is. Right? Is that a weight? Is that <laughs> like, mass? I don't know. Right. And the drier it is, the lighter it is, but the better it burns. Right. And so actually, you know? we're we're in a cool place where. They actually had cut a tree down, the, our previous owners, and so that yeah. wood is all dry. Oh, for, um, yeah, that's fantastic wood. I'm going to surround myself in wood. It's going to be like a log cabin. Because I need wood around me. Wood, Jerry. Wood. Wood is good. 
definitely. But we also have some of this wood that we just cut down for a little bit of crackle. So mm-hmm. we're just we're, we're looking forward to actually doing it. I think October, yeah. which people oh, are listening sure. to this on October first. Mm-hmm. So who knows? It could be right as you're listening to this. I am next to a roaring fire. Speaking of October, we've got some birthdays to celebrate. Totally, dude. As this episode is out right now, mm. my firstborn, Lily. Happy birthday, Lily. She listens Happy to birthday. the podcast sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just took her last week to Hamilton, which which was like one of the funnest things ever. I, I mean, and I saw the pictures and I was like, that, that is the best birthday present I could ever think of. Amazing. Epic. So that was awesome. And yeah. your firstborn was also in October, right? Right. So it's a big birthday for Lily, 10, right? Yep. Double digits. She's so, she's like, when I get double digits, I get double presents, right? It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And you said, of course. <laughs> right. 36. Last year I got 37. How many are there? 36. Counted them myself. 36. But last year, last year I had 37. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year. I don't care how big they are. No, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. Is that when we go out, we're going to buy you two new presents. How's that, <laughs> Very good. Disney. Now, are you guys doing a Harry Potter birthday? I've heard that rumor. Oh, yeah. Okay. To- yeah, well, we... spoiler alert, but this won't yeah. come out before then anyways. Yeah, it's going to be ha- total Harry Potter themed for okay. sure. Great. We we did a Harry Potter birthday for Noah. We made him wait until 11 because that's Harry mm. Potter. Harry Potter is 11, right, in yep. the first book. Right. Um, but to a certain extent, it's another one of these same things. Who even cares? Just have the birthday party you want when you want it. She's into Harry Potter totally. right now. Just go for it. We should send you some pictures of what we did. Jessica did some pretty cool stuff. Actually, if you have things, well, okay. First of all, if you have things, just send them. I think we might have things. If you have any decorations, any scars. All right. Future Anthony here, along with future Isla. Hello. And future Lily. Hello. (laughs) And basically, Stephen and I now talk about Harry Potter for a really, really long time. And it's a total tangent. It has nothing to do with this episode. It really belongs on the Perfect Movie podcast. So I'm just going to play a little clip of that right now. And then we'll head into the episode with Brett. No, but dude, when Hagrid comes back and everybody loves him, what is wrong with that? Not a dry eye in the place, except for Stevens, who's sitting in the theater <laughs> with his arms crossed. What? Are you <laughs> dead inside? What the heck, dude? I, I think I think that that is so convoluted. This whole the whole oh. Hagrid plot line okay, in the second I, one. I can't. I can get that. Okay, I can get the convoluted nature of it. But come on, he comes back. Yeah, you're right. Well, why? Why I'm are totally... Slytherin stand? Like, why are they clapping for this guy? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. This no, is a perfect get... movie conversation. Still, that that moment. How can yeah. movie magic not take over and you be dead inside for that? John Williams is doing his best, bro. I could not agree with you more. That is one of the most amazing score moments of any movie. Okay. It's just, it, I didn't like it in the book. I don't like it in the movie. I think the Hagrid plot line in the second one is... Yeah, I, I can... It, is, d- it doesn't make sense to me. Steven, what's wrong with Hagrid? He's awesome! He's so cool! Hagrid is a very good character to Harry, Hermione, and Ron. What's wrong with Hagrid? <laughs> <laughs> Ron, I... Er, <laughs> 
Steven, I'd like to see you come back from Azkaban and not get cheered for. Clearly, don't worry. I explained to the girls, Steven and I love Hagrid. It's just that plot line from Chamber of Secrets. Anyways, there's going to be a ton more Harry Potter chat over on Patreon.com slash Two Gomers. Let's head back into the episode. Happy birthday, Noah. Love you. Love you, Lily. Love you, Noah. Happy Twinsies birthday, Lily. Happy birthday, almost. Noah. Yep. And I also will say we're getting old. You've got an 18-year-old. I've got a 10-year-old. Crazy, yeah. bro. Wow. Feels very crazy. Yeah. But we're still running. We're still yep. out there enjoying that fall weather. Oh, the fall. We've got fall. I have to say about fall real quick. Mm-hmm. This, yep. this is when I actually come back. I loathe okay. the summer for running. Like I just, mm-hmm. you do, yep, that's you hard. show up sometimes, you do your thing, but it's yep. like fall is when I'm when I'm down with it. And yeah, now we've got our race coming up on February 27th, Atlanta mm-hmm. half marathon, locked in. Yep. So we're we're ramping up, dude. It's gonna be awesome. Yep. We've got we've got schedule coming out soon, probably after Blocktoberfest, which come with is all of October. Celebrating what we love about running, Blocktoberfest. When that's done in November, we're going to talk scheduling, training plans, all that wow. stuff. And the best time to do that is in the fall. For sure. Sounds almost as fun as talking about Harry Potter, which we just did for a long time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. <laughs> all right. Our episode coming up is one that we recorded a while ago with your friend Brett. Yep. Super great stuff. We can't wait for you to hear it. He goes deep. He gets real. He gets raw. Yep. Um, it's a great episode. Should we just get to it? Let's do it, man. All right, let's go. I, I gave away five years at the end of my career to drinking. Five years. And now there isn't anything I wouldn't give to get back any one day of it. Well, we're different. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hey, Brett. How's it going over there? I heard you're on tour. Can't wait to talk about your journey to Iron Man. Way to go, dude. (laughs) From now on, everything we do is professional. After that just inscrutable thing that just (laughs) happened... From now on, everything will make sense. We promise, Brett. Great. I love it. (laughs) All right. We're in the block section of the podcast, and we've got a great guest with us. His name is Brett Shields. He's a drummer, and I serve with him uh, at Passion City Church here in Atlanta. Also, he is the executive assistant and special projects coordinator for the Owens Group International, better known as Unclaimed Baggage, which is super interesting. Yeah, you were just telling us a little bit about this, Brett. Unclaimed baggage, which is kind of like storage wars for unclaimed baggage, right? That's right, yeah. So they uh, bid on the price of suitcases that are unclaimed, and what they get is what they get. And then they sell <laughs> it and give it away? Yeah, about a third of it is sold. Uh-huh. A third of it is donated, and then about a third of it ends up being trash. Use your imagination. <laughs> I'm on the website right now, and I went to the section called Unusual Finds. Yes. Oh. And there is um, a the couple things I'm seeing here. 
you were saying like anything you can imagine, and I believe you now. There's this seven-piece Kiss collectible bundle, like a Gene Simmons poster and cups and stickers and stuff, right next to a primitive spoon. Yes. Because <laughs> we all need one. I wonder if those are in the same bag. <laughs> I have that's like amazing. 80 questions for you about this, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. We'll do a, a new podcast on unclaimed baggage. Okay. Sounds Hosted so about the two gomers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so welcome to the show, Brett. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Looking forward to this conversation. Totally. So this all kind of like clicked in my head. I didn't know that you were uh, a, tri- a triathlete, a runner, a cyclist, a swimmer, a uh, you know, all in the active stuff or an unclaimed baggage expert. I knew you as a drummer (laughs) (laughs) and your wife posted a photo, actually a story of you finishing an Ironman. And I was like, wait, what? That is incredible. Like anytime I see somebody do something that extraordinary, I'm always like inspired. And then I'm like, I know that guy. And I'm like sending like hundred Fire, you know, like way to go, Brett, dude. And Brett, remind us how what the distances are on an Ironman. Oh yeah. So before you get too impressed, it was a half Ironman. Um, so okay. this one well, was only a half Ironman. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, disclaimer. Uh, sure. It's only half as cool. Seventy point <laughs> three is the total distance. Right. So that's going to be a one point two mile swim. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. A fifty six mile bike, and right. then a half marathon, the thirteen point one mile Mm -hmm. run at the end of it okay and then it's in that order so you swim bike and then run okay so anthony you and i did half that i guess when we just did the olympic distance well not i mean i guess it's not really it doesn't translate to exactly half because i think we did 0.9 mile swim yep 25 mile bike yep and a 10k that's right right yeah we for i think it was is that was that season four of the gomers Season some no season, season like five. five. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we did the St. Anthony's Olympic distance triathlon, which for a uh, uh, worship leader speaker Stephen and for a bassoon player me was like a literal <laughs> miracle, dude. So <laughs> we, I am so surprised we didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it was really fun. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, so you and I were were backstage, and I was like, man, way to go on that half Ironman. And um, two things kind of like struck me. One, you talked about like how the human body can do so much more than we think it can do. And so I definitely want to talk about that. Um, And then you had also mentioned how hot the end of the race was. So that Mm -hmm. like triggered something in my mind, which was like, we're going to do an episode on running in the heat. And that'd be so cool to talk about that. So you and I chatted over the phone. And through that conversation, I was like, that's not what this episode is about. <laughs> like that that was certainly one of your blocks, but your story is so much bigger than like, oh, it was super hot at the end of my run. Mm. And so that's really what I'm so pumped to talk to you about is kind of like your journey from like what, what we talked about on the phone, which is what we'll get to. But could we start out just with maybe a little bit of how how you started, how you got into cycling, running, um, just kind of like the journey up until the the Ironman training. Yeah, were you always all three of those things, or did it start with one of them, or or how did that happen? 
So I was not all three of those. Uh, uh-huh. My first experience would have been with running, actually, in high school. So okay. I did a little cross country my freshman year. And uh, through a series of events, that was the only season that I ran. But I remember enjoying it. And then I didn't run mm-hmm. for, I don't know, many years after that. And then when I was in my mid-20s, um, so shortly after I got married, around 24, 25, I just kind of started running again. Mm. I don't know why. I guess it was just still in me from high school. And Mm -hmm. I found that it was really awesome and enjoying uh, the the process of going out and getting from point A to B. I thought it was really cool when you did that by foot versus car. And Mm -hmm. so I enjoyed it for a while and then um, hurt my foot through running, as most people do, some Mm -hmm. type of injury, knee or foot. And then I was like paranoid of it. And so I just stopped running for a couple of years. And then I was introduced to cycling. So okay. that was kind of the journey out of those two sports. And then cycling became and still is my number one exercise, uh, number one discipline that I enjoy the most, that I probably have the most knowledge about mm-hmm. um, and the most ability at, I should say, as well. Um, so as far as which came first, it was running, but kind of the love grew with cycling more than it did with running. And then I kind of introduced running back into it along the way. I remember, I remember this, I mean, we did our tries a long time ago, but I remember thinking the people that are best at the triathlon are the cyclists because you can really Mm. pull ahead in that section differently than you can in the swim or the, or the run. That's right. There's probably a bigger spread between ability level on cycling than there is in the other disciplines. So Uh like there's probably somebody most people are going to probably be slower on the bike. So, yep. yes. And it's the longest distance that you cover in any of those mm. triathlons, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I remember thinking there's also a price. There's also a money issue happening. When Remember, Anthony, when we brought oh, our yeah. bikes there and we were like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Some we were... of these look like spaceships. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was like so thin when you look at it from the front, you can't see it. <laughs> right. Yeah, like... it disappears when you look at it straight on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, I did see guys with mountain bikes yeah. at the Ironman. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. I remember us seeing a couple of those too. I mean, they, I don't think they were winning, but. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it, it is something like, it, it does feel like a bucket list thing, right, for some people. And if you're just going to do it the one time, maybe just use your mountain bike. That's right. So when did you start swimming then? Started swimming when I decided to sign up for my first Olympic triathlon. Uh-huh. Yep. So, Got it. Uh, I don't like swimming. I don't enjoy it, actually. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. kind of just a means to an end when it comes to the triathlon for me, uh-huh. which we can get into more when I start talking about the actual Ironman journey because mm-hmm. I should have done more training yeah. for that particular discipline. <laughs> okay. So I did an Olympic triathlon in 2019, and that Got was it. my first introduction to triathlon. And uh, so the swimming was just you know, a part of it. Yeah. I really just what was in it for the for the bike and the run. So mm-hmm. the swimming is like the part that you just have to do. Correct. Like that's that's what we found too. Like when we, because we we ran, and then we were like, well, we'll try the triathlon thing, and swimming was like we were we just wanted to not die right with the swimming. Like we just wanted to not sink. That's yeah, right. and it was by far the biggest hurdle. Right. Mm. I, like I I know how to get from one side of the pool to the other. But that's not swimming. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, and so to, it was a huge new skill to learn. That's hard. Yeah, I think too the thing with swimming is that you're just you're in the water, and so you're not like watching the scenery go by you right. like when you're on a bike mm-hmm. or when you're running. You're just head in, head out, head in, head out, and it's mm-hmm. it's not as interesting to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't listen to music. Right. Can't listen yep. to podcasts. Boring. Right. Oh, remember, remember though, I got those, I got those swimming headphones. Yeah, remember they never that? really worked for me. <laughs> Did you, have you ever had those swimming headphones? No, I haven't. I got some sort of, and actually, something that we've kind of been talking about is Stephen's been running sans music, like just no music, no podcast for a while now, which I'm always like amazed by because I get really bored. And mm-hmm. I, that's kind of like an alone time where I like to listen to stuff. And I'm actually kind of getting more into the uh, running without it. But for the longest time, it was like mainly how can I listen to music while doing these things? So I right. got the the ear, the bone conducting headphones, I think, for the Shocks. pool. That, yeah, they attach to my goggles. Oh, wow. Uh, and so, like, you can't even hear the music, and then you put your head underwater, and it's like a symphony all around. It was actually kind of amazing. <laughs> whale song. Yeah, just whale song. <laughs> That's right. I have actually adopted the uh, running and cycling with no no music or podcast or anything as well. Okay. Occasionally, I'll put something in, um, but for the most part, for cycling, it's more of a safety thing. You just don't want yeah. headphones in when you're on sure. the road. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, actually, I'm the same. Yeah, you almost get hit by enough trucks, and then you realize, okay, these things need to come out. I've actually been hit by a truck. Whoa, really? While cycling, yes, yes. And did you? Were you injured? I was not injured. My bike was. I actually ended up getting a much nicer bike out of it through insurance. Oh, there you go. Wasn't worth it, but it was. uh, (laughs) I was grateful, but no, I was not injured. Um, It was just just silly little accident. So yeah. you have been doing this for a while. I guess it's been years that you've been doing this now. And then you just recently. So Anthony, when did you see this Instagram post? This was a very recent. Yeah, this this half was just Iron Man. A few weeks ago, right? I believe it was. Yeah, it was Sunday, May thirteenth, possibly if that was a Sunday. Um, so about a month ago. Okay, got it. Maybe the twenty third. Yeah. So we were talking about heat. We were like, dude, you finished the the run. It was really really hot. And um, how hot was it? I believe it was 92 that day. Mm. How the issue was that it had only been in the 70s and low 80s leading up to that day. It was the first day over 90 that we had this year. Wow. Right. And probably not humid at all. (laughs) Very, very (laughs) much so. Uh, It was it was very humid and the entire run was exposed. There was no cover. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's basically it. My worst nightmare right there. Sun yeah. and heat and humidity. Um, but when we were talking about this, you were like, actually, let me share with you what actually happened uh, three or four years ago. Right? That's was right. Was the year yep. 2018? 2018. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, were, you were prepping to play a big event and there was an intervention, right? That's right, yeah. So it was November of 2017, actually. Is, okay. So you were right. That was when kind of the intervention took place. So it's getting ready to be a part of this event that I had kind of dreamt about doing for years as a drummer. Um, yeah. And I had I've been asked to, to play at it, and it was amazing. And, and um, 
that I was asked and it was so exciting, but there was also this whole other thing going on in my life um, where I was kind of getting out of control with alcohol and okay. uh, had a big secret lifestyle um, okay. that uh, a lot of my money was going towards and a lot of my time was going towards and, and even so much so that my wife didn't notice how much it was happening. Okay. And there was a moment where um, I had gone a little too far with it and uh, my wife could tell and I, I just had a moment of clarity and just said, you know what, like this has been like every night for six months. And, mm-hmm. um, and so because of that confession, I was then um, confronted by a group of men that I trust a lot um, mm-hmm. who also happened to be in charge of this event that I was playing at. And they sat me down for lunch and just said, hey, we, we, we love you. We're going to have you not play at this event because this is much more important for you to focus on than this event. And so mm-hmm. we don't want your brain to be focused on prepping songs, prepping gear. And uh, yep. instead, we want you to focus on your family and your life. And um, this is what led me to um, in May of 2018, I checked into a, a rehab facility um, okay. to to help get this under control. Wow. And so you, at that point you'd have classified yourself as an alcoholic. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not on May 7th when I checked in, but by the time I left there, yes, <laughs> definitely classified <laughs> Took some myself. convincing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I was actually there for 13 weeks. Um, wow. And so there was plenty of time to be convinced. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously it changed my life, but so yes, I would classify myself as uh, an alcoholic. I, I don't drink anymore. Um, mm-hmm. There will not be a day where I will, I will want to drink again or need to drink again because. Wow. Maybe I should say I, there might be times where I would want to drink again, but I know that uh, I, I don't get that option without consequences. Right. So, so you don't even yeah you don't even want to like start right. I mean I I think I think of The West Wing for example. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that show or not. Um, I haven't seen that one, but I'm a fan of Sorkin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the best. Was wasn't didn't Sorkin struggle with alcohol too? I, I think I, I think, think something. So. And that's why it's it's so thematic in a lot of his stuff. Don't don't yes. quote me on that, but um, I, I no, feel no, like I, I remember that. I think so. But yeah. Leo McGarry, who kind of plays like the chief of staff to the president, that's like a real storyline for him, and he like can't can't touch it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Like, yeah. I think. I'm so thankful that you were willing to open up and talk about this, which we'll obviously keep doing. But like when we asked you, are you cool sharing that? You were like, I will share my story with anybody who will listen because you're hoping that that can help heal and unlock people to actually hear somebody, somebody say that somebody admit to that. That's right. So what was like November to May like before you checked in? That's right. So yeah, we did not decide in November that the goal was to get into treatment. Um, Yeah. I did try cold turkey, mm-hmm. which wasn't the first time in my life that I had tried that. Sure. And I, November, December was able to stay away from it. And then actually the event was at the beginning of January. And the night before that event, uh, just the weight of everything was too much yeah. and yeah. ended up drinking again mm-hmm. and hit that for another month or so. And then around April is when it was just like, uh, like this is too obvious. It's too much of a struggle. And my best friend, Matt stepped in and said, Hey, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to get this one under control on your own. And so there's this place we'd like you to, uh, I would like you to go 
kind of interview there, meet them, see what you think. And my response was like, absolutely not. I won't do that because three months disappearing for three months, like that's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be overwhelming. And so I said no. And then over the next 24 hours, I just, it, it was like, you know what? I don't really have much of another option is where, what it felt like. Uh, wow. My marriage was really on the rocks at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, if, this, if I don't get this under control or if I don't have a change in my life, then I'm going to start losing uh, the things around me that I love. And, you know, it's interesting. We're here to talk about running the Ironman. Um, one of the things that hadn't clicked yet for me either was how much damage I was doing to my body mm-hmm. with the amount of alcohol I was drinking. And yeah. the interesting thing is, is I was running quite a bit at this time. Okay, so you were like, still running. Yep. And were you still training for races? Uh, so I hadn't done a race at this point in my life. Okay. I never so. signed up for an official event. Got it. So I was cycling a lot and running a lot, but uh-huh. literally my weight was going up. So I'm doing like 50 to 100 miles cycling on the bike a week. And maybe 10 miles running a week. And I'm like going up in weight like right. crazy. Ended yeah, up at like sure. 237, I think, was the highest weight that I ever weighed. Okay, wow. And so I didn't have any clarity there. But thinking back now, I'm like, wow. Like, And, and I was actually smoking cigarettes quite a bit back then as well when mm. I was traveling. And so, which I don't smoke anymore either. And so I just didn't have this holistic mindset of health. It was just this like addiction was just ruling Right. And taking away from all of my goals, my health goals, my family goals, my work goals. Yeah, dang. And so I had this moment where I just you said, you know what, Matt, let's do this. Let's check the place out. Then wow. we found out how much it cost and it was like, okay, maybe we can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and sure. this is where it became a community thing because mm. a few of my friends, including Matt, reached out to as many people as they could think of, even strangers to me, and asked for money. And they were able to raise the money for me to go attend wow. this this rehab program. And so incredible. that's where I tell you I'm open to sharing this story because statistically speaking, somebody listening to this right now has an addiction problem with something. Yeah. 100%. And so yeah, sure. I just want to say to them and to you guys, like bring people into that because the light mm. that you shine on that dark place will then you'll be able to come out of it, but you have to, you have to expose it first. So yeah. that's why I'm so open with it and why I'm being open with you guys. That's so amazing. Can I ask you a question about the health, holistic health stuff that you were talking about? When when you're addicted to something like alcohol, sounds like maybe cigarettes also. Um, Do do you just separate that out in your mind? Like this has nothing to do with my running, or this has nothing to do with my cycling, or with my health. It's just something. I'll get I'll get it under control. I'll just push it to the side. Like what's what's happening uh, in that moment? So I knew a little bit that like I wanted to be a successful cyclist, at least as far as not on a professional level, obviously, but just like in my own life. Mm-hmm. But the drive for alcohol was greater than the drive for being a successful athlete. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. did I separate it? Yes, but it was because I was unhealthy. Right. Hmm. So I wasn't in my right mind saying, well, you know, alcohol is better than cycling or running. It just, it just was a, a beast growing inside of me yeah. running, running its course. It just kind of automatically yeah. became the subconscious priority. Yes. And it was default. And by the end, right. before I went to treatment, it was in the morning, you think, how am I going to make sure that I can have this today? Mm. And where do I need, what route do I need to take home to pick up what I need? How many drinks do I need? I have backup yeah. drinks. 
things like that. And, Mm -hmm. and really that's where I kind of knew like, okay, I've almost given myself all the way over to this addiction. And, um, so that 24 hours after I was confronted, these were the things going through my head. Mm -hmm. So with that was probably a decent amount of, of secrecy. That's right. Yeah. You said your wife didn't really know the extent of it all. That's right. So, um, uh, not to glorify it by any means, but it was very much go to the grocery store a lot because I do like cooking, but I would go to the grocery store maybe every day or every other day, yeah. which is unnatural. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I would buy, be buying alcohol in that grocery store run. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe have a couple in the car, like sitting in the, the parking lot. We lived in an apartment complex, maybe in the parking lot before going inside. So then I'd have two inside, but it'd be sure. four in reality that I was having. Huh. Yep. And so in no means to glorify the situation, these were the type of actions that were taking place. Yep. And, uh, and, and I remember my wife thinking like your grocery store runs are just so expensive, you know, uh-huh. yeah. oh, I, you know, I just buying the nicer steak and which was also true. Like those things sure. were also true. Super uh, good apples. Yes. Super good. $3 <laughs> apples. Um, right. So these were the type of actions. Yes. That, yeah. that I would consider were happening in secret. Okay. This kind of creative math you're doing is really interesting to me, also because there's also the element of your, 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 your fooling yourself or something, convincing yourself always that it's important that you keep feeding, right? The addiction, and so mm-hmm. and then if you have to say, well, it wasn't actually four; it was two, or it wasn't actually ten; it was five. Right. Whatever you need to do to convince yourself of that, you'll do yeah. so that you can. And I, I mean, I can I can think of so many times I've done that in my own life with my own coping stuff. It's yeah. just like I can even I can even live a double life with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we we've talked about addiction here before. One of I mean, one of like my personal addictions is like fast food. Mm. So I don't. I mean, I definitely drink. I probably should drink less. I've drank more in 2020 than any year previously, probably. So that's a different conversation. (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, way to go. Yeah, I was just going to say, way to go you, man. You crushed all of us in 2020. You did an Ironman. You didn't drink at all. Like, awesome. (laughs) But one of the, the grocery store thing, like, really triggered for me because, like, what I would do, this was a total confession, like, a year ago. And my wife listened to the podcast, and she was like, what? Is I would always when we I would leave the grocery store I would get cash, so I would get like twenty bucks. I don't know if you've ever had anything like that, but I would get like a twenty or a fifty. And on the way home from the grocery store, this is actually exactly what you're talking about, but it wasn't alcohol. It was like Wendy's mm-hmm. or McDonald's or both, or you know what I mean. So like, why not? Wh- yeah, why not? <laughs> I got this cash. It's burning a hole in my pocket. And like, so yeah. actually, it's literally the exact same thing you're talking about is I would get uh, a Wendy's double and a chicken sandwich before dinner. You know what I mean? It, that's the same thing. And then the, the, I guess the funny thing is then is like Aaron's like, why aren't you that hungry? Like, how come you're just eating the tiny bit of that salad I made? Super healthy. That's why. <laughs> Counting calories. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. Well, how many in that vinaigrette? How many calories in that vinaigrette? But you like slapped on a double cheeseburger right before uh-huh. it. Well, and then the realization we made out of that was it's actually to the cash thing is to cover the paper yes, trail. Totally. And, and then for me, I'm eating 
you go through the drive-thru because for some reason that's better. You eat in the parking lot. You oh, yeah. throw it all away and you you drive home with the windows down. You pull down. over at the gas station and throw the stuff away. It's so <laughs> sick and ridiculous. You know where all the garbage cans are. <laughs> yeah. So totally. I, I'm, 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 I'm assuming, Brett, that you had your own kind of like... That's right. Um, your, your own kind of like things that you knew how to do, when to do them. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm also convinced that it was probably harder for you to get the smell of a McDonald's double cheeseburger off your breath than it was for me to get beer off of my breath. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on if you have onions or not. That, yeah, I was gonna say go. get get no onions. I mean, these are the these are the, the all Comer's the tricks tips of the trade. <laughs> people come here for. Although it's funny, like you would see, like in those in those uh, those garbage cans, you would see piles of McDonald's bags. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at our mailbox, and it wasn't just me. You know, so. The, the the secret. Oh, I thought it was just it, the piles that you put in there. Yeah, no, no, no. it's it's the secret, but it's a the it's the element of secrecy, right? Um, yeah, is like such a big thing. And Huge. oh, by the way, my my tip for that was I stopped carrying cash in the pocket. That was my cold turkey tip. No cash ever. It's, mm. It sounds dumb, but it like was a huge fix for me. Is like yeah. I didn't want Aaron to know how many dumb times I went to you know, a fast food place. And so then if there's no paper trail, right. Um, and, and so, and it was, it, it honestly, it was really detrimental to my weight and health and, and cholesterol and all that stuff, but it's, and, and, and just your emotional life, your spiritual life, when you're oh, living yeah. a double life, when you're yeah. living in secret. And so that's one of the things that really was intriguing to me about all this was Anthony called me and he was like, okay, it's not going to be about heat anymore. Brett's episode. It's not about heat. It's about this thing. <laughs> I was like, is and it I okay if like, we pivot and talk about yeah, Brett's like right. real story? Pivot. This this pivot. story about his alcohol pivot. addiction. Here we go, pivot. And I was like, oh, okay. And I I think one of the like, I, I know you guys aren't best friends or whatever, right? You serve together at church, and I was right. thinking, man, this guy is really open. Where he's talking about running in the heat, and all of a sudden it transitions to, kind of really, private story. So first of all, I'm wondering how it got to that place. Like, how are these things connected? Um, mm-hmm. but also I'm, I'm just like, what is it now, Brett, that enables you to be able to share this story openly yeah. with an acquaintance and then on a podcast? And, um, so those are two big questions. I'm, I'm not sure where to go first, but yeah, the, the first question I can answer pretty simply, um, once I got an idea of what you guys were looking for and what triggered the, the idea for Anthony about heat, I thought to myself, like, I can't talk about running in heat for an hour, like, or maybe I could, but it'll be just a lot of, you know, me pulling stuff left, right now. Do I run in the heat? Yeah. All the time. Actually, two days ago, I ran in 97 degree heat in Nashville and it was awful and Uh, could keep my heart rate down. So like, I understand living in Georgia. I know what it's like to cycle and run in the heat. It's just part of it. But I just told Anthony, I said, I don't think I'm going to be serving you guys well if we just talk about heat for an hour. Um, and mm. so that's kind of the answer to that question. Mm. And then, then I just said, can I share with you, Anthony, a little bit about why I run and cycle mm. and mm. why I wanted to do the Ironman? Yeah. And yeah. so then to answer your second question about what is it that allows me to be so vulnerable and open, it's shame. So mm. interesting mm. answer. But the reason why I answer that way is because shame drives a lot of the things that we do in life, whether we're mm. classified as an addict or not. And the more shame that you feel, you get stuck in these cycles of doing the same actions over and over and over again because you just don't know how to 
unburden yourself from what you're feeling. Uh Mm. And so what I learned in rehab three years ago, three and a half years ago, is that when I share vulnerably with somebody, the burden comes off of my shoulders because I'm becoming known by somebody. So the shame comes from being unknown Mm -hmm. is what it is. Mm. But as soon as you're known, and especially as soon as you're known and accepted by somebody, Mm -hmm. then the shame lifts. Yeah. And so that was the, that's the first reason why I I feel comfortable sharing it. The second part is, is the amount of people I've met in the last three years that I've shared vulnerably with, and they've then shared back vulnerably Uh with me has just blown my mind. Mm -hmm. Like even with Anthony, I shared something with him and then he responded back with something vulnerable. And then even right now we're talking about this fast food thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's bringing up the things in your life Mm -hmm. that you feel shame about or feel weakness towards. Um, And even some of my best friends started sharing things with me that they, I'd known these guys for six or seven years. They'd never shared stuff with me. But as soon as I confessed this secret or this thing that happened or the way I talked or did something or said something, like people just share it right back with you. And so then all of a sudden, especially like men to men, brother to brother, like you start to carry each other's burdens as you share Mm -hmm. them. And all of a sudden you're just like fully known. You don't have shame. And then you don't have this cycle of going back to whatever it is. For me, it was alcohol amongst a few other things. For others, it is their cell phone. For some, it's fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. For some, it is running. For some, it is cycling. Like yeah. it is you working know, out. It's, it's yeah. any of these their things. Their body out. image. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I, right. That was something I was gonna gonna ask you. Actually, like as a person that like I think you have an addictive personality. Is that Correct. fair? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you guard against making physical fitness an addiction? Yep. It's, um, it is a balance that I struggle with. Um, there are times where I will run out of a window to go on a run and I'll start to feel like a little Mm -hmm. anxious about that. Oh, oh, I didn't get out. I didn't do it. I got to go do it. I got to go do it. And Mm -hmm. I'll like, find a 30 minute window where I have to be showered 35 minutes later and it's 95 degrees outside. Yeah. And we all know that that's not possible to cool off from a run after 30 uh-huh. minutes. And then, right. you know, or for the training plan that I was on for the Ironman, like I have to do an hour and in uh, an hour run today, according to my training plan, but I only have 30 minutes to do it. Mm. So that's not going to happen. And then I'd start to feel anxious about that. So okay. that has, is something I have to keep in check. And my wife is very gracious. She'll recognize it a little bit as well and say like, Hey, what, what's the reason that you need to go on a run today? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Is it because you're trying to be mindful of your health? Is it because you're being disciplined or is it because you feel like you're trying to block out something that you need to face emotionally wow. today? I'm guessing she's gotten really good at asking those questions. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling statements are something that we use a lot um, yeah. in oh, our home. Good. So yeah. you may even hear me use some today, but <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yes. Yeah. I actually, I, I served last night at the Cumberland door holder night and your wife was leading worship. And one thing that I talked with her last night about is like, she was like, I think a cool thing for you guys to talk about would be like, how do you balance it all? Mm. Like how, so that, that kind of like, fits in with like, how do you on a Saturday or something like that, make sure to spend time doing this thing, training for an Ironman and also like hanging out, you know, doing cool stuff with your family. I think one of the things that we have to remember, assuming that the people listening are not professional athletes is that Mm -hmm. probably very few are athletes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's remember that. Right. Like, and so I think with social media, Strava, 
these types of things, you, you constantly get in a comparison trap and all of a sudden you're mm. following a professional athlete and you're like, well, why can't I do that? And you're like, right. well, cause you're not a professional athlete. Yeah. So, sure. so, uh, <laughs> but to come back to the point is, is like, okay, like I've got to go out and do a 50 mile bike ride on this Saturday, but I haven't seen my wife this week because work has been busy or she's been busy. Mm-hmm. And Saturday mornings tend to be the only time that we really get together because Sundays are busy with church and then we're mm-hmm. back to the grind on Mondays. And so like, I know that she loves Saturday mornings at the house. Mm -hmm. I know that she loves breakfast at the house, coffee at the house, time on the couch, slow wake up, moving slow in the morning. Sure. So do I go do my 50 mile bike ride before it's 90 degrees or do I stay home? Mm. And I have to answer the question based on everything else that's going on in life, whether I should do that or not. Yeah. And the way that it normally works out is I do Saturday morning at home with the wife. And then when it's 90 degrees out, I go out and do a 25 mile ride instead of a 50 mile ride. Right. And I suffer okay. do what you because can. of the heat. Yeah. And sure. then I come home, but you know what? It's okay because I'm not training to go win Ironman Kona or that's the Boston good. marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because that's not something that's probably in the cards for me at 31 years old. And like, I've not been given the gift to be a pro athlete. And so I don't have to steward it the same way. Yeah. And so the yep. things that are more important are what I have been given to steward right in front of me. Right. Mm, that's great. Now I don't always get it right. Right. Definitely. It's a great balance. Like that idea, like you're going to sacrifice, like the workout's probably not going to be as good, but you had, you get to have brunch in your sweet house. Steven, his, his wife is like one of the best designers in Atlanta, like interior designer. Oh, yeah, like, you're mentioning that to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. The, I would go one step further and say the best. Anthony oh, okay. could say one of the best, but I'll say the best. <laughs> yeah, we, we, Aaron and I have a, have like a design crush <laughs> on that, on her uh, Instagram page. It's like, oh my gosh, dude. It's so cool. Sweet. Yeah, she's super talented. Um, uh, Just a little bit ago, you said that you, you wanted to come on and, Tell us and our listeners why you run, and why mm. you cycle. Uh, I'm wondering if you could, uh, if you could do that, and, and and maybe help us understand how it's connected to this whole addiction journey um, yeah. that you've gone through for the past several years. Yes. So when I was in treatment, for the first few weeks, maybe four or five weeks, actually. Uh, you could not, there was this trail on the property and you couldn't go to it until you reached a certain level of treatment. Wow. And Hmm. so like I couldn't, I was not able to cycle, obviously wasn't able to run, could do a little bit of working out. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some free weights there. And so once I got to the point where I was allowed to walk the trails in the morning, my friend Jeff and I, who I still a friend of mine today that I made while I was there Mm. started to go running in the morning. Um, and we would actually, what it started was, is we would run up and down the driveway. Mm-hmm. So like it was maybe a quarter mile in total. So like, you'd have to do a lot of laps to get any time, but also we yeah. don't have any watches. We don't know how far we're running. So we're just running on feel in time, but we don't know our distance. And so we would just kind of run at a slow pace and just talk to each other. And, um, I was telling him how much I love cycling and that I really enjoy it. And he was like, you know, well, it seems like you like running too. Have you ever thought about maybe doing like a triathlon or an Ironman or anything like that? And I was like, you know, I haven't really, but like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like mm-hmm. that would be huge to do something like that. Like how cool would that be? And honestly, 
after that conversation, I didn't think about it again for years. Um, hmm. So two years. So that was three years ago, and I hadn't thought about it in about a year and a half to two years after that. And so when I got out of treatment, I immediately went back to cycling and running because I had a lot of free time. And when you first are getting sober, like there is definitely a level of like, you have to fill your time. Sure. Right. You have to do something with yourself. Yes. Yes. So in the long term, if you're still constantly just having to fill your time, then you might need to do some deeper work maybe in in my opinion of of why you still feel the need. But Mm -hmm. definitely when you're getting out, you're like, I'm going to a meeting, an AA meeting, and then I'm going running and then I've got breakfast with a mentor and then I got to go to work and then, you know, you just have to like fill your time. And so I I got back into running and cycling. Um, And then also at this time, my wife introduced me to a nutritionist that she had been seeing while I was away at treatment. And Mm. he helped us both just figure out how to eat well, or at least balance food well. And so remember I had mentioned that I had gotten up to about 200, I think 237 was the highest I ever saw on that scale. Well, he helped us lose a bunch of weight in a very healthy way while running and cycling. And so I actually got down to 189 from the 237 mark wow. and he helped us achieve that. And so this is where it all started clicking of like, what is the human body capable of? Mm-hmm. Human body is capable of far more than we could think of. And so what is it that's blocking me from getting to that place? Mm-hmm. It was an addiction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the addiction had been at least removed by this point, right? Mm-hmm. And so what is it that keeps me from doing more? And I remember watching Free Solo, the documentary, and thinking yeah. like, I'm yeah. terrified of heights, but look right. what that guy can do. He trusts his body so much to be able to climb that mountain without a rope Sure, that he's like, he said something in that documentary that was like, I don't, I won't fail when I go to do this. Mm. Like there is no falling off the mountain when I go up there mm-hmm. because I've trained, I've right. done this so many times. I know my route. I know the conditions. And if the conditions aren't right, then I'll get off the wall and I won't do it that day. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like discipline, training, and removing mental blocks will allow you to accomplish more than you could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually think about that a lot when I'm running. So if I'm on mile like seven or eight and uh-huh. I'm like, I've got 12 miles to do today and I don't feel like I'm going to make it. I'm like, well, somebody out there is running 50 miles today because they're an ultra marathon runner. Mm-hmm. So I can probably do this, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. or when I'm cycling, I think, okay, a pro cyclist is going to do over a hundred miles on the bike every day in the tour de France for 21 days uh-huh. with no break. Well, I mean, they, they, you know, they stop in the afternoon and then they sleep and then they go again the next day. And I'm like, I think I can do my 50 mile ride today. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I just, I just, when you study a sport or an instrument or a cooking class or anything, you see these people that are much better at it than you are. And you have two choices. You can go, I will never be that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or compare yourself to them and and say, I suck. Right. That's probably that that first choice, right? Like that it's a negative to think about those other people. Yeah, that's right. Or you can go, okay, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not called to be a professional cook or a professional athlete or a Mm -hmm. professional this, that, or the other. But that means that there's actually room for me to grow. Hmm. And so, yeah. like, I don't have to achieve professional uh, triathlete level, but I can definitely grow because until I'm a pro athlete, you know, yeah. <laughs> then there's room to grow. So, sure. you, you know, so there's kind of a balance, right? Like, yeah. don't ever try to strive to be something that you're not called to, maybe. But 
at the same time, like I can go faster or, or ride further than I currently can today. Yeah, and sure. so I just think that the way God created us was for far more endurance than, than you'd ever think of yes. or could imagine. And what started to click in my brain with that thought is, okay, well, if I'm able to climb to the top of this six mile mountain on my bike, uh-huh. you know, on the road, and it, there was at mile two, mile three, mile four, I was ready to get off of my bike or turn around and go the other way because I didn't think I could do it. But then I crest over the top of that and then I have a fun five mile descent down. Then what happens when I feel like I'm having a really hard day and I don't think I can successfully do something like at work yeah, or, sure. yep. or for me as a drummer, like, well, I don't feel like I can, I can play that song very well or do this. Yeah. Well, then I start to remember what happens on the bike mm-hmm. when you That's don't amazing. get off the bike or if you don't call an Uber on your run because you're 12 miles away from home and you've got 12 miles to go back and you're like, right. I pushed through it there. What else can I push through outside of this? And so that became the reason why I do it. It has taught me how to endure hard things within my life that have nothing to do with running or cycling. Yes. So it's curious to me that the the whole addiction and rehab thing came before these kind of realizations you had. Do, yeah. do you feel like also knowing that you put yourself through rehab and conquered that, does that also come to your mind when you're on that? 12 mile and you've got three more to go. That's right. Okay. Uh, Yes. I have more than once had the thought of, well, this isn't worse than going through rehab and Mm -hmm. trying to mend your marriage back together. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I can do the three miles, you know? Yes. It's, it's a pretty good advertisement for doing hard things in general, because then you are able to do more hard things. And some of those hard things are not as hard as the thing that you did. No, that's very eloquent. What I just said, but I think, you know, (laughs) it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I think another way to look at it too, is like, if you can accept the pain, you will then be able to endure it Uh because, Mm -hmm. because nothing great comes easy, right? Mm -hmm. At least not in my life, maybe in yours, it has, or in, in others that are listening. But for me, the greatest moments in my life came immediately after something that was very difficult. Right. And so the pain is worth it mm-hmm. is really how mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. And professional athletes say, at least professional cyclists say, as you get better at your sport, it doesn't get easier. Mm-hmm. You just go faster. Right. That's great. So <laughs> yeah. even at the top, they're saying, no, it still hurts sure. to go up the mountain. Sure. Yeah. We just go faster than everyone else. Right. Yeah. Sure. And we've noticed that as amateur runners. We're, totally. I, I've just, there's so many times when I've asked, when does this get easy? Mm-hmm. And I guess it just, if professional athletes also say it never does, I don't know, yep. that's a little bit comforting and a little bit super depressing. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, that's, that's even something that I work with, like with my bassoon students is like you accomplish this, like you practice and then you are actually able to play something that at one time was really hard. And now it just becomes like part of your routines. And then you practice for the next thing that seemed impossible, like playing this high note or playing this fast phrase or whatever. And so, I mean, like the whole idea of practice, I I don't like practice makes perfect. We always say practice makes progress, right? Like practice makes hard things easy. And so you, you accomplished getting sober. And then I real quick, because we're starting to run out of time, but like, I want to actually hear how you finished this race. Yeah, how did mm-hmm. the triathlon go? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I 
It did not go as planned. Okay. <laughs> um, the post that Anthony's talking about, there was a, a, some part of it that I was mentioning where I had three goals that day and I accomplished two out of three, which is good, yeah, right? Okay. Like that's passing, um, maybe. And <laughs> passing. But I didn't accomplish the overall goal, which was six hours okay. for the Ironman or maybe okay. just over six hours. Okay. Um, so I ended up doing it over seven hours. The swim was two minutes faster than my goal. So okay. that went well. Oh, nice. Yeah. The bike was three minutes faster than my goal. Mm-hmm. And the run was about an hour and a half longer than my goal. Okay. Did you did you just hit a wall on the run? So I looking back, I did not do enough core training. Uh-huh. And so my back fell apart. Just mm. like my core dropped on the ground. It's probably still in Chattanooga right now. <laughs> and so I got out on the run and I noticed like something isn't right, but I couldn't tell what it was. Like I mentioned, it was over 90 degrees and I thought my heart rate's okay. I was checking my watch. I'm like that's mm-hmm. going all right. I've hydrated really well today. I've had food all day long, like when I needed to gels and, and bananas and what, whatever else I had eaten that day. And so I just was like confused and about two or three miles into the run, I realized like, oh, I have a a very bad pain in my mid to lower back Hmm. and it was causing difficulty to breathe Uh or at least get a deep breath in. And so anytime I pushed myself on the run, my body would just physically hold me back. And so I ended up doing walk run for a while, which, you know, in training, I had done a sub two hour half marathon in training. Sure. And so I thought to myself like, okay, I've done it before. I've mm-hmm. done, yep. you know, I've, yep. I've done an eight, whatever, 840, 850 pace half marathon before. And so what is the problem here? You know, trying to be stubborn too, thinking, well, you didn't do it after a 56 right, mile exactly. bike ride and a 1.2 mile swim. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, was kind of struggling. And then finally by mile 10, I, it took me a while to embrace what was going on. Um, and then finally for the last three miles, I just, I just, walked it quickly yeah. like sped walking sure, sure. i yeah. think my pace ended up being around 13 minute pace okay. for the for the half marathon um and so maybe 13 30 and so it didn't go as well as i had hoped um i will say when i crossed the finish line i actually didn't have this like moment of like oh my gosh i've done it right um okay and this is you're seeing a little bit more into my mind like how much pressure I put on myself, mm-hmm. um, on anything I do. And so it took me a while to feel like grateful about it, but I crossed the finish line and went and sat down in the shade because that's the first thing I needed mm-hmm. after that run. And I started crying and then I was processing this all in my head. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm crying out of joy. Like something mm-hmm. else is going on here. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me just how much physical pain my back actually was in mm. And so yeah. I was actually crying out of pain, but I had been holding it back for three hours uh-huh. Wow! because yeah. I just was like, I got to finish. And I actually almost did at mile six. Like I was like, you know what? You've done almost the whole thing. Like just, sure. just quit. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> and, uh, walk off the course. You know? Yep. Just, yep. just walk off. And then my pride got in the way because it's like, well, you don't want to tell everybody you walk. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so oh, then it was yeah. like, you might as well just quit because you're walking, you sure. know, because mm-hmm. you didn't run it. And so then I, I, I pushed through that, and uh, the last three miles were um, were easier because I wasn't so down on myself. But then, yeah, so I cried for a little while because my back was actually in pain, you know, 
next day I went to see the chiropractor. They were like, yeah, it's definitely tender. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I think it was the big thing was that when I do the next one, because I'll be back, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, core training is what I'm going to be focused on, which is just a good tip for any runner or endurance athlete. Like eventually your abs and your back won't be able to handle what you're doing if you sure. just have a weak core. So yeah. I'm so grateful I did it. I'm definitely going back to Chattanooga next year at the very least, if not doing more. Um, I'm doing an Olympic one in August at Callaway Gardens and uh, doing a century ride in September up in Cartersville, Georgia. So, like, I'm, I'm it a few hours afterwards after I had put food in my body, rehydrated, I was ready to go. Again. Yeah. And so, yeah. it's just, it was a very cool experience after that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Let me ask you this just because we might have listeners that are like, yep. I am going through similar things to what you were going through or maybe spouses or friends. Could you just like maybe think of any telltale signs for somebody that could be needing help or could be in an addiction or something like that? Yeah. I think we talked about a big one, secrecy. Um, If you are orchestrating events to work around your drinking schedule or your xyz schedule mm-hmm. it may be any number of addictions not just alcohol sure. then uh, that's a, a big sign if you are missing out on certain events or not going to things or visiting friends because you are acting in your addiction mm-hmm. then that's also a telltale sign okay there's a number of others um but i, I think a, a big one is is are those ones okay. if, if it's consuming your thought patterns on the regular then it's a sign. If you have friends confronting you, even in a joking way, like, man, you mm. drink a lot or man, you do this a lot. Oh, like, that's I would, good. Yeah. I would at least take a step back mm-hmm. and, and consider what, why they're saying yeah. that. Yep. Because a lot of people drink a lot. Like, yeah. It's just it's such a common thing mm-hmm. in our culture and in other cultures as well. And so if somebody has joked with you like, oh, there's, you know, Larry, he's always, he's always six drinks deeper than the rest of us. Like, yep. well, maybe Larry needs to... to listen to his friends. Mm. So I think our friends have great insight into our lives, but our pride gets in the way of us listening to them. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting to me too, because I think most people don't really know how to confront each other on stuff. And so it probably will come out first in joking. Sure. Or asides, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I hadn't thought about that before that you actually should probably pay attention Mm. and maybe it's just your friends being stupid. But yeah. I, I think that maybe not putting that aside out of hand automatically is probably pretty good advice. You know, it was an interesting one, too. And, and this one might be very convicting to some. So sorry, but not sorry, I guess <laughs> this is convicting. But uh, I had some friendships that I could not spend time with them if it was not around alcohol. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's a little bit touchy because that doesn't always indicate addiction. Sure. So mm-hmm. like, sure. that's not what I'm saying. But I do remember thinking like me and this friend, we absolutely needed to have at least 24 beers on hand when we're hanging out because we might need them all. Huh, and sure. so I, I did have to, uh, um, that was a part of the things that I was looking into. Yeah. Well, well you know, I'm really thankful. I, I know the guys are friends that, that had an intervention with you. And I think that's incredible, the bravery that it takes and for them to do that. And then that you were kind of able to see maybe, I don't know what what it was like in that moment, but to see further ahead, like, okay, I'm going to miss out on this opportunity. But if I can take care of this, 
everything's going to get better in the future. Like I might miss yeah. out on what's happening in January. I will say um, a year but, later that event took place again and I was able to play that year. Incredible. Mm. So Amazing. it took, it took a year and it was a different plan that God had in mind. Yeah. Um, yep. But he still, uh, allowed me to have the desires of my heart. I just had to do some hard work first in this case. Yeah. And I've actually been able to be a part of that event, um, twice now since that year. So amazing. That rules. We love a comeback that rules. Yeah. yeah we, that's right. Those are our, those are our favorite movies. And some of our favorite <laughs> stories. I heard this quote yeah. uh, a couple days ago, and I just really thought it works here. Um, I, it says, whenever we come together sharing our strength, it breeds competition. But whenever we come together sharing our weakness, it breeds community. And I just think when we as guys come together and just talk about how freaking awesome we are, like, dude, check out my time. Dude, check out... I crushed the Iron Man dude, you know, but like, that's not what you came here to do. You, you came here to share your weakness and your vulnerability. And I think that will help us all grow together as a, as a community, because we see like, man, these really, this really awesome guy that I see on stage crushing the drums, uh, also has weaknesses and also has issues and, maybe that'll help me first of all, be honest about my issues and then not feel so ashamed about them. So thanks so much, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we try to do on runner's block, right? We've gotten flack because we're too negative. Right. Yeah. Why are you, why are you talking about the listened. bad things? Yeah. Why is it all about the bad <laughs> things? It's because we think we're going to develop ourselves better yeah. by being honest with each other and with our guests about what our blocks are, weaknesses are, whether that's addiction or whether that's injury or whether that's other things. And so, Listener, we want to hear what you think about this. Best way to get a hold of us is bit.ly slash runner's block. You can find all of our socials there and you can share your runner's block with us there as well. Or you can call us on the Gomer phone. That number, Anthony, is 608-622-7669. That's 608-NAB-PONY. Go to our website, Facebook, Instagram, email. All of that is at 2Gomers. Subscribe and give us a rating. Uh, five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) We always love that. If you like what you hear, maybe this is your first episode, you can check out our 10th anniversary episodes on this feed from September to November 2018. That's a great place to start. And then you can go all the way back to the beginning. There's a bunch of ways to support the Gomers. The best way is to subscribe to the bonus disc, our second podcast, and new home of Perfect Movie and other bonus episodes every week. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash two gomers thanks to adam our webmaster jason for graphics davis for our music annie for our social media and thank you brett for joining us today it's been awesome absolutely let's go run yeah let's do it where, where can people find you on social media social media would be at b shieldsy on instagram so that's b-s-h-i-e-l-d-s-y at b shieldsy amazing dude and uh where can we find the amazing designer Brit. Oh, yeah. I want to follow her. <laughs> yes, that's at Penny Shields. P-E-N-N-Y Shields. Sweet. Dude, when you when when you go there, you're going to be like, can you demo my house? <laughs> like, I'll, have to, I'll have to give Penny a call. Yeah, yeah also. Penny, Penny would love to help you. Brett, uh, he, he does like some pretty sweet rental work himself. He's like quite the carpenter, so. No, I'm not. That is no, false well, information. Well, I painted I, some cabinets. 
well, it looked some stuff. It looked really good. I mean, so <laughs> that was my wife making me look better than I am. Oh, well, that's that's awesome. That's great. Well, I have I have been watching a lot of YouTube videos. There you go. So <laughs> yeah. that's the same, right? That's the yeah. same as doing the stuff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Brett. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Great app. Super fun, man. And remember, if we can do it, you can do it. And happy running. This week on the bonus disc, we've got a brand new episode. Steven has taken me through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's our second update of that. Also, we have full Karate Kid episode. So much great stuff. Go to patreon.com slash two gomers. I will raise you with the light in the